On this episode of Image Method, we'll be talking about the advice given to us by the late, great Sven Nyquist. In this special audio-only edition of Image Method, we're talking about an essay written by Sven Nyquist that is um, in a book called Making Pictures, A Century of European Cinematography. It's a beautiful book. It's put out by Imago, which is the organization or the Federation of European Cinematographers. Uh, it came out in 2003. It's around on the internet, and um, it's a beautiful piece. There's an essay in the beginning of it written by Sven Nyquist. It's, I say written, and I call it an essay, but it really seems more like an edited interview or something like that. I think it's a very interesting piece of writing for cinematographers because of the ideas Nyquist expresses. And Sven Nyquist, of course, as most of you probably know, is uh, Ingmar Bergman's longtime cinematographer, as well as many others, two-time Academy Award winner. I should be honest and say that Nyquist is not always my choice for my favorite looking image that he creates, but his images function a little bit differently in the context of the movies. And he talks about that in this essay. So um, it really, it's it's his ideas that I find um, very instructional and very inspirational. So um, let me just introduce the kind of four main messages of this uh, essay as I see them. And one is a uh, simplicity he extols simplicity. Second, he kind of models a creative inquiry and sort of indicates the value of a community or collaborator to explore things and experiment and really have a structured kind of creative inquiry uh, in his work. He also talks in a very kind of selfless way about the primacy of acting and script in the filmmaking process. And um, last, he kind of downplays technology. And in, 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 you know, a lot of us in the business have uh, a tendency to sort of fetishize equipment and the glamour of production. And I'm not so sure, and I'm not sure that Nyquist felt that that's always the most important thing. So we're going to talk a little more about all these things, but first let me um, share with you some of the essay, simply called The Director of Photography, and it's written by Sven Nyquist. The most important task of a cinematographer is to create an atmosphere. The foundation of the film is always the script, and the director is the person with a vision of how that script should be realized. Actors give the story life, and it is the cinematographer who has the task of carrying out the intention of the script and catching the moods and feelings that the director wants to convey. I mostly perform these tasks by using very little light and little color. There is a saying that a good script tells you what is being done and what is being said and not what someone thinks or feels, and that is some truth to that. Images, not words, capture feelings in faces and in atmospheres, and I've realized that there is nothing that can ruin the atmosphere as easily as too much light. My striving for simplicity derives from my striving for the logical light, the true light. I cannot deny that my job has become easier with the new and more light-sensitive film stocks, but the conclusion is always the same. 
A naturalistic light can only be created with fewer lights. Sometimes none at all. At times I have used only kerosene lamps or candles. It may be that my spare lighting stems from the sparse light we have in Sweden compared to the more southern countries and especially California. Ingmar Bergman and I studied this beautiful light extensively and learned that simplicity is the key for natural cinematic light. As far as tools are concerned, for me they are just that and no more. I use my intuition and experience more than I use my light meter. Technical tools are for me a base, a means to an end. Technology should serve creativity and not the other way around. All in all, craft is not enough. A good cinematographer needs to be flexible, diplomatic, and sensitive. Every situation is different and collaboration is a major part of filmmaking. It is always easy to make beautiful images, but never easy to make integral, telling images that fit the story and the overall message of the film. There is no question that it was Ingmar Bergman who taught me the respect and gratitude I feel for light. It was through my relationship with him that light grew into a passion that dominates my life. Ingmar was always very demanding, and I distinctly remember an incident during the filming of The Virgin Spring, 1959, where we had an exterior night shot. I added some lights, since I thought the light was boring and I wanted to see some shadows of the actor dancing against a wall. The next day, when we saw the rushes, Ingmar screamed, God damn it, there can't be any shadows when the sun has gone down. Here began our many and lengthy conversations about the light, its meaning and possibilities. So, what Nyquist is really talking about here that I appreciate is his um, penchant for simplicity. And he's also talking about a creative partnership. And a creative partnership that shares an interest in a certain line of inquiry. So what I'm talking about, or rather what Nyquist is really talking about here as a subtext, is the importance of a creative community when we are doing our work and developing our styles or philosophies or feelings or instincts related to how we make images. So um, uh, I, I found that very interesting. I think certainly both of these filmmakers talked about their relationship with each other in various places. So, you know, chalk one up for collaboration. Another thing that Nyquist talks about in this essay is he kind of takes a backseat mode to describing what a director of photography does. And in doing so, he kind of bigs up the acting and the script. He has a lot of respect for the actor's process. I'm going to pick up a little bit later on in the essay, and um, again, in the words of Sven Nyquist, The actor is and always will be the most important instrument in a film, and it is the cinematographer's task to capture the reactions of this instrument, to focus attention on the character and expressiveness in a face. Many directors, especially Americans, are impressed with how quickly I light a scene. Much of that depends on the fact that I use very little light, and I also never want to keep the actors waiting too long. It is very frustrating for them to have to wait around if they are rehearsed and ready to go. Inventiveness and quick solutions are key in these moments. I often like to watch rehearsals without my camera so I know what the actors are doing and can light and set up accordingly. It is important for me to give the actors as much freedom as I possibly can. I also make a point of not annoying them with light meters or lights shining in their eyes. I always let them know what I'm doing and for what purpose, so they never feel manipulated or used. Um, 
so I, I found that to be very kind of interesting to kind of form relationships with the actors. I know that actors are out there with all their stuff kind of hanging out, you know, and, and often they look to the cinematographer as that person they can trust to make sure it's all coming together in a way that makes their work shine and be its best. I mean, definitely a cinematographer plays that role very often. And I guess what I'm really talking about as well is the fact that the tone that Nyquist takes in this essay is not the tone of someone who is caught up with his own brilliance. There is a lot of kind of checked ego in the way that he talks about his work. And I just admire that. I think it's really important that to, to uh, think of ourselves as cinematographers as just a part of the team, an, an important part, but a part of a team. Later on in this essay, he kind of um, talks about technology uh, and art as well. So picking up again in the words of Sven Nykvist, when I'm going to set up a scene, I always ask myself two questions. What does the director want to convey and what does the audience want to see? When we worked on winter light, we studied the light inside the church and how it changed during the three hours that the film takes place. That was the first time I used indirect light. I had my own primitive method, which I experimented with, but nowadays it is very common to use these so-called bounce boards so that light does not shine directly at the subject. Any tool can be good if used sparingly and in the right way. I remember when we worked on Cries and Whispers, Ingmar and I had agreed not to use the zoom lens since it is often misused and can be disrupting. We had one and I used it occasionally when the actors were moving. When we watched the dailies, Ingmar did not notice it at first and thought we had moved the camera, but one day he caught me red-handed. He did not get angry, just commented on it. He must have agreed that it worked in this case. I have always tried to be careful not to get stuck in presumptions. When Ingmar was going to make his first film in color, we made it a point to learn everything there was to know about color film. We even set up a color film school at the Swedish Film Institute in cooperation with Eastman Kodak. I shot over 6,000 meters of Eastman color film in a series of tests. But as I mentioned, technology is not all. Much of what I study comes from painting and still photography. In the preparation for Pretty Baby, Louis Mal and I spent time studying Vermeer's paintings, especially the way he uses light. The still photographer Ansel Adams is an idol of mine, and I once made a pilgrimage to meet him. He, too, is known for waiting hours for the right light. One of my working principles as a cinematographer is to listen, to be flexible to the intentions of the director. That is part of my strength as a cinematographer and my ability to work with different directors all over the world. Every film teaches me something new. So Nyfist is not saying anything particularly new here, but he says it with such a sincere enthusiasm and kind of an obvious elegance that it is very inspirational uh, to me as a reminder. So just to recap what Sven Nyfist is telling us in this essay is the importance of a partnership, a creative partnership, in which to make inquiry into the work we're doing. It's a very serious uh, approach and a very curious approach, approach that rather requires curiosity for us to kind of continue working sort of in an experimental uh, nature in terms of like searching for something, a, a way to progress. He also talks about the value of simplicity, which is also uh, quite efficient. The importance of intuition and taste over technology, art over technology, and lastly, the primacy of the acting 
and the script in the filmmaking process and the role of cinematographer to bring out and find the appropriate reactions and create an atmosphere that works in service to these other more primary tools. All those four things I find well worth the read in this essay by Sven Nyquist, which appears in a book that, again, is called Making Pictures, A Century of European Cinematography. It's put out by Imago, which is the Federation of European Cinematographers, and um, I will have links to that in the show notes at imagemethod.blogspot.com. Today's totally well-known trade secret is really just a question for anybody planning a production or scheduling a shoot. The question is, do you have enough time to load in? Have you planned well enough for finding the load-in point, getting through security, negotiating a loading dock, parking a vehicle, actually getting to the set It's often one of the most confused parts of the day, and it's often one of the least glamorous to admit that it will actually take some time. But it's also one of the really saddest things to get behind schedule on. It's usually at the beginning of the day. So the tip of the week of the totally well-known secret is reconsider your load-in point and ask the hard questions about what's it really going to take. Okay, thanks for listening to Image Method. Please send us some feedback, and thank you for all the feedback we've been getting. If you want to send us an email, we can be reached at imagemethod at gmail.com, and you can call us at 206-350-3652. And as always, all of our show notes and contact information is at our blog at imagemethod.blogspot.com. Thanks a lot for listening to Image Method, and we want to welcome our new listeners in Grenada, Turkey, Egypt, and South Korea. And thank you for all the positive uh, comments we've been getting. And if you have positive comments or negative comments, feel free to email us at imagemethod at gmail.com, or you can call us on the telephone. Leave us a message at 206 Our blog is imagemethod.blogspot.com. I want to thank you again for listening, and please tell your friends about us. We're looking to grow the audience, and that seems to be happening, and we'd love it if you would spread the word. Subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends. I'm TW, and thank you very much.